It's another edition of the Transfer Update Show. And as usual, we've got plenty to discuss. We'll be talking Hector Bellerin, Said Ben Rama, and we'll be discussing the club's update regarding season tickets for next season. All of that and plenty more on this edition of the podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by AMS Media. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, uh, streaming to you guys slightly earlier than normal um, on this uh, weekday evening. That is just because I managed to finish work a little bit early today. So uh, buzzing about that. Uh, looking forward to chilling out a little bit for now until later on where I'll be joined by Adrian Clark. We'll be talking to Adrian Clark exclusively. We'll be getting his thoughts on Mikel Arteta. We'll be getting his thoughts on the transfer window and what Arsenal should be expecting going into the 2020-21 campaign. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel, hit the subscribe button. If you're new, turn on the notifications as well and that way you won't miss us. We'll be going live at 8.30 p.m. UK time. If you're listening to us the next morning via the audio platform, then of course the next podcast in your feed is that going to be that exclusive interview with Adrian Clark. So do check that out as well. Right, um, let's get down to business. There's plenty to discuss as always. Um, it feels like the transfer silly season is in full swing at the moment. There just seems to be um, different stories, different rumours coming out of the out of the works day in day out at the moment involving a whole variety of players um that we're going to touch on tonight so we'll be running through all of that stuff we'll be getting your thoughts in the live chat as well um and of course we'll be taking your questions towards the end of the stream for the time being i want to say a big hello to everybody who is joining us live at the moment whether you are listening via facebook whether you're watching us via youtube or Twitter, um, it doesn't matter. We're great, uh, uh, really grateful, sorry, to have you on board. And we look forward to getting down uh, to business. Now, let's discuss Hector Bellerin. And of course, there have been uh, a large volume of reports actually claiming that Paris Saint-Germain have made a bid for Hector Bellerin, a bid of around about £25 million. That's what we're being told what is you guys' take on it? I'm interested to hear from you in the in the comments section. Would you cash in on Hector Bellerin? Is it time that Arsenal considered moving the Spaniard on? Is it time that we look at him and just say, is he going to make it? Um, I'm not going to say is he going to make it because he's already made it. But can he be Arsenal's right back for years to come? Is he good enough um, for what we're trying to do and, and the heights that we're trying to get back to? So many questions uh, around Hector Bellerin. And for me, I think when he first broke into the Arsenal side, there was no question about, you know, how much of an impact he had. He came into the side, he was very energetic, very confident, got up and down the pitch like we've never seen before, had a real burst of pace, the ability to, um, you know, join in with attacks and, and be an extra weapon, if you like, on that right-hand side. But since um, since the injury... Uh, the long-term injury that he sustained uh, the season before last. I think you could argue that Hector Bellerin hasn't been at his best. Um, that's not to say that he's been terrible or that he's not still 
a better option than some of our alternatives. But I think it's fair to say that Hector Bellerin hasn't quite been at his brilliant best. And that has prompted questions. It's prompted questions around whether Arsenal should be looking to move him on, whether Arsenal should be looking to cash in. And at a time where Arsenal, as we say, are, are in a slightly difficult situation financially, and a de- but at the same time are desperate to improve the squad and add certain players, would it make sense for Arsenal to say, 25 million is on the table, let's take that and we can use that money elsewhere, given that Cedric is at the club, given that Ainsley Maitland-Niles is at the club for the time being, given that there's an argument that Callum Chambers could play there when he comes back, and that Scott Ramastafi is no stranger to the right-back position. Is this an opportunity for Arsenal to raise some funds? Some funds that they can use to do some significant business. I don't know is the honest answer here, and I hate sitting on the fence, but I really feel like, this is such a difficult decision uh, for the club to make. If indeed that bid is is genuine, if indeed, um, if indeed it is something that it is on the table from PSG, uh, do you take it? Do you look at Hector Bellerin and just decide that yes, you know, whilst he he's brilliant in so many other aspects in terms of his actual performances as a right back, very good against Liverpool in the Community Shield after around about the first 20 minutes or so. Do you just look at it now and say, I think we should just we should just cash in on him? I don't know. I'm really, really torn on this one. I think it's a really, really um, difficult one to come up with a, a conclusive answer for. I'm going to come over to some of your comments in a moment um, and then we'll we'll react to those and we'll, we'll give our... Um, well, I'll give my opinions as well and what some of the things you guys have to say as well. But whatever I go on to say later on in this podcast, know that this is difficult. Um, Hector Bellerin brings so much to the table, not just in terms of what he can bring on the football pitch. He's a wonderful ambassador for the club, speaks up for so many important causes. He constantly um, proves what a good guy he is off the field, what a great human being he is, um, which is excellent. But as a football club, is that what we should be judging somebody on? Should we be judging them solely on their performance um, on the field? Or should we be, I guess, more open or not open, more keen on keeping hold of Bellerin because of the other side of him? Because of what he brings, as I said, as an ambassador of the football club? Should that stand Hector Bellerin in good stead? at Arsenal in a better stead than someone who is just a right back, if that makes sense. I don't know. Um, Let me know your guys' thoughts before we come over to the live comments. It's just to have a big shout out to everybody who's tuned in at the moment. As we can see, just checking in on YouTube right now to see how many of you are watching us. Um, It looks like there's about 150 of you uh, watching us across the multiple platforms at the moment. If you haven't already, guys, please, please do smash that like button. It is so, so important. I know um, we talk about it a lot, but um, it is really, really important. There's over 150 of you watching us live at the moment across the multiple platforms. We've only got 20 likes on YouTube. So please, if you haven't already, smash that like button. Okay, let's uh, go through some of your comments with regards uh, to Hector Bayerin. 
Norway Guna says, no, we want Bellerin on the right side. Uh, so you, obviously you are of the opinion that Hector Bellerin should be kept. Uh, Brad Richardson says, how is Hector Bellerin not good enough for Arsenal in the eyes of our fan base, but is good enough for PSG? Of course, PSG have huge aspirations, don't they? Um, as a football club, went to the UEFA Champions League final. Um, they're on. Uh, they're a club who are not afraid to spend money and clearly know what they want to achieve and they'll do everything to achieve that. And so you're right in that sense, Brad, if we're talking about, um, you know, whether Hector Bellerin is good enough for Arsenal, how comes all these top clubs are supposedly interested in him? It does make you wonder, doesn't it, if we, we're we missing something as a fan base. Uh, Get a Fix 72 says, sell Bellerin and put Ainsley there till the next transfer window with Cedric as his backup. Uh, team film studies uh, responding to what I said with regards to the injury um, and that the effect that that's had on Hector Bellerin. He says, yes, because the injury has affected his performance. The difficult part will be replacing him. Who's a top right back replacement? So you do think that Hector Bellerin should be sold because the injuries have affected his performance. Who's a top right back replacement? Well, I think the decision to, to if we do move to cash in now on Hector Bellerin is got to be because we feel like the players we already have at the club, i.e. your uh, Cedric's, your Ainsley Maitland-Niles's, are good enough to replace him. Otherwise, what's the point? If you're going to cash in on him to then have to go out and spend money on a right back again, it defeats the object. The whole point of Arsenal doing this, if they're going to do it, is to raise extra funds to help us strengthen in other positions and to acquire some of the transfer targets that we've been heavily linked with. It's not about selling Bellerin to then use that money to go and get another right back. In that case, it will be pointless. I feel like it's got to be a scenario in which Mikel Arteta feels that his current alternatives would be good enough to get us through the season. And so that additional money, those additional funds that we could potentially raise from the sale of Hector Bellerin could go into, for example, meeting Thomas Partey's release clause, closing the gap, bridging the gap between what Arsenal um, are able to pay for him and what Atletico Madrid want. That's the kind of thing that the funds would need to be used for, for me to get behind it. Uh, Inzo says, Hector Bellerin is replaceable, to be honest, but we need a proper midfield and we won't be near the top four with our current squad. John Cover says, hi, Harry, from the time we bought Cedric in, I think it was in our minds to cash in on Bellas. I don't want to see him go, but it's good business. I think you're right, John. I think that, that Mikel Arteta may well have bought Cedric in with a view, or well, you know, done it on a permanent deal, I should say, with a view to perhaps, potentially, maybe someday moving Hector Bellerin on. If the money is right, then you have to consider it. That's my viewpoint. Do I want Hector Bellerin to go? Not particularly. Is he someone that I look at and think, my God, we've got to get rid of him? Um, you know, no, I, I don't. I think that look, we, the money has to be right. I'll keep going back to that point. The cash has to be on the table. The money has to be right. And it has to be money that allows us to go and do some significant business. Uh, Billy Boy says, uh, hello from Australia. It's 1am listening to you while trying to go to bed. You've got me awake again. Sorry to keep you up, my friend, but 
delighted to have you with us. Um, grateful for your support and for tuning in live uh, during this episode. So thank you so much. And I hope you do manage to get to sleep in the end. And given it's 1am, I hope you don't have to get up too early for anything tomorrow. Um, what else have we got? Akshay says, PSG, Bayern, Juventus all need Bellerin, but he is not good enough for Arsenal. Bellerin should stay no matter what money he brings in. So Akshay, very much of the opinion that if these clubs are interested in Hector Bellerin, that should be enough for us. That should be enough to suggest that we've got a top quality fullback on our hands in Hector Bellerin and therefore we shouldn't sell him. So there you go. Um, it's an opinion that a lot of people appear to have. Um, right, what else have we got here? DWTT says, Initially, I felt that with two good goalkeepers, Arsenal should sell one of them to raise funds. But if they can sell Bellerin, then I feel that works as well. In either case, we will be depleting the depth. Yeah, I agree. Um, look, depth for me is something that you build afterwards. First, you build a team and then you add depth to that team in order to protect them against injuries, suspensions, you know, any sort of absences, etc. I think that we shouldn't be too concerned by the depth thing now, though. I think first and foremost, we have to look at improving the quality within our side. And then, um, you know, we can look at adding depth. Now, I think depth is important because we're obviously in the Europa League. Um, we're going to be in multiple cup competitions. And so we shouldn't completely discount that. I'm not saying that we sh it should be dismissed. I just think that, um, you know, when it comes to to choosing between depth and quality, I think at the moment you've got to go with quality because we are in need of improvement now. And and I'd rather have one top-class fullback than have two average ones. Let's put it that way. Uh, Big Gunner D says, Bellerin has done a good job since recovering from his injury, but I think it's time to sell him to strengthen other areas. It's, it's pretty clear that people are not sort of, you know, anti-Bellerin or don't want to see him at the club. I think people are just trying to get their heads around the current situation and just feel that if we need to raise money, if it will allow us to do something else, it's not the most craziest idea in the world to move on someone who, despite the fact he's been a great servant, has at times failed to produce consistently, has struggled a little bit since he's come back from injury. Um, you know, there's there's uh, there's a lot to consider on this. Uh, Jonah says, can't Ainsley Maitland-Niles just play Partey's role? That could really help funds and possibly have a more positive benefit than selling Bellerin to fund Partey. I'm not convinced personally of Ainsley Maitland-Niles' ability to play in a defensive midfield role. I just don't see it. Um, I don't see him as dominating enough in terms of his physical approach. I think that what Ainsley Maitland-Niles gives you is he gives you the ability to read the game. He's very calm, accomplished in possession, doesn't panic. He's shown lately that he's been a lot more positionally aware. Um, but that's in the wing-back role where he's obviously had a lot more practice at the highest level. I, I, I wouldn't be convinced that Ainsley Maitland-Niles could feel... Uh, Thomas Partey's role and even if I was to come around to that idea how well could he do that job could he do it as well as Thomas Partey I don't think so um so that would be sort of my thoughts on that um Tawana says hi Harry Arsenal are willing to listen to offers for 90% of the squad 
We as fans have to make peace with that favourites will go. It will give us funds to improve the team overall. I completely agree with that. And I've been saying that, haven't I, in recent episodes. I've been saying that there are going to be some difficult decisions that Arsenal have to make this summer. We're going to have to accept that we're going to have to say goodbye to some players who we may feel as fans are, you know, favourites, are people who live and breathe the club, are people who we should be keeping. But the reality is that we may have to make some of those decisions in order to progress. We may have to say goodbye to some players. We may have to move on the likes of Bellerin just because they can command a substantial fee. Whereas, you know, when you list the players that we all want to see go, it's because they've performed poorly. It's because they've not been up to the standard required. Therefore, you can't expect there to be a huge interest in them or the, the, the possibility of raising big money off of the back of them. So, yeah, I think I think you make a great point, mate. Uh, hello to Robo from Ethiopia. How you doing, mate? Welcome. Uh, Dave Atkinson says it's hard for me because I've not been a Bellerin fan. I don't think he's a good defender. Only his pace has saved him. And if he has lost that, then I would get rid of him ASAP. Um, so Dave Atkinson, pretty clear that he's not a, a huge Hector Bellerin fan. And he wouldn't mind seeing him uh, moved on. What else have we got here? Uh, just scrolling through your comments. Uh, keep them coming. Don't forget you can super chat us as well if you fancy it. Um, you can uh, drop us a super chat and your question will fly to the top of the screen and we'll be sure to read those out. Uh, Graham Sutherland says if it's 25 million and he wants to go, then that's a win-win, I'd say. 25 million seems like a fair amount. Um, as I said, it, it depends on what we plan on doing with that, whether this would be the right decision or not. But just to your point, Graham, with whether or not Bellerin wants to go, I think Bellerin's probably really happy at Arsenal. I can't see Hector Bellerin currently being in a in a position or in a in a place where he feels as though he wants to move on from Arsenal. I think he's pretty comfortable in London. I think he's pretty comfortable at the club. I think he feels at home at the Emirates Stadium. So I can't see Hector Bellerin wanting to leave unless he's been told that he's not going to play, that he's not part of the plans and that they, they're going to move him on. That's the only way I can see Hector Bellerin, you know, wanting to leave Arsenal Football Club willingly. So we're going to have to wait and uh, and see what happens on that. Uh, Custom Lou says, cash him in. Andy Maitland-Niles has been phenomenal. Um, Sam Ingram says, Chris Smalling is good enough for Arsenal. <laughs> Um, bit off topic there, but yeah. Um, Kieran King says, I would prefer developing Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Cedric as cover and using that money elsewhere. Um, Spitey says, I just think anything under 35 million is too low. Let me know in the comments, what, what would be your valuation of Hector Bellerin at this current moment in time? I want to check it out. Uh, transfermarket.co.uk I know their their valuations can be a little bit um, you know skew with but I want to look at that to just give you guys uh, you know uh, I guess a starting point they say he's worth around about 28.8 million so around about the 30 million pound mark 
at this moment in time. You've also got to take into consideration the length of contract that he still has with the club and and all that sort of thing as well. 25 years old, remember, Hector Bellerin, um, very much in his prime years. Um, you could argue that his prime years are still to come if you wanted. His contract runs out in 2023, so he's still got three years on that car or there or thereabouts on that current deal. Um, K Port Cannon says, is Ainsley Maitland-Niles resistant or still resistant to playing right back permanently? If so, we need to keep Bellerin. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because we know that Maitland-Niles has historically voiced the fact that he wants to play in the midfield. He doesn't, or, or further forward at least, he doesn't want to be a fullback. But has Mikel Arteta, by, you know, including him and by giving him that license, at least when Arsenal have the ball, particularly when he plays on the left, to join the attack and drift inside the way he has in recent games. Has that been enough to persuade Ainsley Maitland-Niles that actually he could see himself staying at Arsenal and he can see himself being a wing-back? What baffles me a lot about the Maitland-Niles situation is that, you know, there was all this talk about him going and the fact that he would go because he wanted to play in a more midfieldy type role. And then Wolves were the ones that made a bid, having, well, knowing that they were going to move Doherty on, who is a wing-back. So if he was to join Wolves, I feel like he'd be in the same boat. I feel like Nuno Espirito Santo, it's interesting Ainsley Maitland-Niles, is, is in Ainsley Maitland-Niles as a right wing-back. And so that, that interest kind of baffles me. If he's open to doing something like that, then, you know, it just defeats the object and you might as well stay at Arsenal. I know he wants to play regular. I know he's probably got more chance of doing that um, at somewhere like Wolverhampton Wanderers. But yeah, um, it's a great point and it, and it is totally dependent on what um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles wants as well. And I'm sure his feelings will be taken into consideration when making a decision on his future and that will have a knock-on effect on what Arsenal probably do with Hector Bellerin as well. Right, there are over 330 of you watching us across the multiple platforms at the moment, but we've only got 43 likes. Guys, let's get it up to 100 at least. 43 likes, it's just not good enough. Uh, smash that like button, it doesn't cost anything. It literally takes a split second, hit that button. Uh, let's see the likes climb up over the next few minutes as well. Uh, right, what else have we got? Sebi says, uh, back to Bellerin, he is an asset worth selling and can be used to improve the starting 11. Good job, by the way, Harry, live from India. Uh, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you for tuning in once again. Uh, Mosin Khan says, Pepe performs so much better with Maitland-Niles behind him. Um, another fact to, well, or opinion at least, to take into consideration how does how do players impact on others as well, and it's about finding the right balance. So that is something that Arsenal will have to uh, consider as well. Paul Nell says Ainsley Maitland-Niles isn't as injury prone as Hector. That's another good point as well. Has his fitness uh, issues persuaded Arsenal that maybe it's time to cash in on him? Are they concerned about being too heavily reliant upon the Spaniard? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Sartak says we've got two right backs to replace Bellerin. Get 30 million. Sell Torreira. Get 30 million. 50 million for Partey and cash left for another uh, youth guess it's a youth player that he's trying to say. Um, I, I I personally think it's wishful thinking 
to think that we would get thirty million pounds for Lucas Torreira in this current climate. Um, I know we paid around about that for him when we brought him in from Sampdoria, but given everything that's going on, given that he's not really been amazing at Arsenal, given that it's no secret he is homesick and that he would probably personally prefer a return back to Italy. I think it would be very ambitious to think that Arsenal are going to get £30 million for Lucas Torreira. I think you get £20 million for him. Um, you know, I do, I do think that's a possibility, but 30 just feels like a bit of a stretch for me. I'm not saying that Torreira is not worth that in today's market. I just feel like given everything that's going on, I think it would be a bit of a struggle to get that. Um, lots of you uh, sort of backing Ainsley Maitland-Niles here. Carrie says Maitland-Niles is better than Bellerin. Um, so yeah, lots and lots of, uh, people sharing their opinions on there. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, Hector should be sold, says Temi, but 30 million at least. Um, Anthony LV says, I would rather have Partey if it meant that Bellerin goes. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people suggesting that, a, a lot of people are suggesting that this money could be put to better use than Hector Bellerin. And I agree with that. It's hard to disagree with that, isn't it? Um, it really, really is. Right, before we uh, move on to our next topic of discussion, um, don't forget you can become a patron of the podcast by heading over to the Chronicles of Aguna um, over on Patreon. It's www.patreon.com forward slash Chronicles of Aguna. The link will be in the description. Um, and you can check that out and you can sign up and become a member. You'll get access to exclusive content. If you hit our top tier, you'll receive a free gift after three months of membership. And you'll get priority on our upcoming phone-in shows, as well as getting your questions put to the front of the queue in our interview shows. Um, the next of which is tonight um, with uh, with uh, Adrian Clark. Uh, former Arsenal player and well-respected analyst. So there's still time. If you want to put a question to Adrian Clark tonight, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. Sign up and it, send me a direct message on there with your uh, with your question. And I'll be sure to put it to Adrian this evening during our, uh, our live broadcast. Um, let's have a quick check in on the likes after my little call to action. Has it worked? Let's see uh, before we move on to talk about something else. Uh, it has worked because we're on 99, but let's get to 150 now. Come on, guys. Uh, 350 of you watching on YouTube alone. 370-odd watching across the multiple platforms. Fantastic viewership once again. Delighted to have you all on board, but please smash that like button. Uh, right, let's uh, move on uh, to talk a little bit about uh, another player um, who is being spoken in the same breath as Arsenal. This time, it's a potential incoming rather than an outgoing. And that is Saeed Benrahma of Brentford. There are lots of rumours um, linking Arsenal with a move for the player. It's not the first time this talk has come up. Uh, Saeed Benrahma, of course, 25-year-old Algerian uh, left winger by trade, spent uh, last season with Brentford in the championship um, where he enjoyed uh, actually a really, really good season. I've got to be honest, I was a little bit disappointed in Ben Rama um, in his performances, sort of in the uh, not not I'm not going to say the playoff semi-final, but in the playoff final for sure. He didn't deliver for me. He failed to deliver. Um, he wasn't the only Brentford player, mind you, but you were really looking to him at that point to try 
and uh, push the team on um, and get them over the line in that final against Fulham. And unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's a, for now, he's still a Brentford player. He's still a championship player. But would you like to have him at Arsenal? Before I give my thoughts, I'm just going to urge you guys, stick your uh, your thoughts in the comments section and I'll come to those in a few minutes time. My take on it, Saeed Benrahma um, made 43 appearances in the championship last season. That's not including the playoffs. 46 in total if you include the two semi-finals and the final. 17 goals, nine assists. Um, capable of playing anywhere really across the front three. Uh, more so sort of renowned for playing on the left wing. But is he the type of player that Arsenal need? I, I just, I, I look at this and I think, is Ben Rama a top, top player? I, I think he's a decent player. I think there are players who, um, you know, who they shine in the championship. But when I look at them, they scream to me, I belong at Crystal Palace or I belong at, I don't know, for argument's sake, Southampton. That just feels more like his level. And I know a lot of people would probably disagree with that because I know there are a lot of huge side Ben Rama fans out there. Um, but for me, he's not so young that I still have hope of him developing a great deal further. He's 25 years old. I know it's not always fair to say that because, of course, some players develop at different times, at different you know, stages in their careers. But at 25 years old, given what we've seen of him so far, I'm not convinced that I think Ben Rama is worth, um, you know, is, wor is worth us making a move for. And will he prevent the progress of some of our youngsters developing? You've got to think on the left wing, Saka can play there. Um, Aubameyang is playing there at the moment. Martinelli, when he returns, Reese Nelson is capable of playing on either flank, as is Nicolas Pepe. And so, for me, you you, you don't go after Sai Ben Rama. I, I I just I, I don't see in what world, given our current financial situation, given that we clearly have more pressing areas of concern, I don't see how Arsenal can go out and spend a substantial amount because I expect it to be a substantial amount. I expect Brentford to probably want at least around about. £20 million pounds for, for Saeed Benrahma. I just cannot see how that would be a worthwhile move for Arsenal at this moment in time, given everything that is going on. Let's come over to your um, your comments on uh, on uh, Saeed Benrahma. Let's see what you guys uh, have had to say on that. Um, John Yardley says, don't feel we need Benrahma at all. We've got him, Willian. He would prevent Nelson and Saka from growing. Spend the money elsewhere. I agree with that. Um, what else have we got here? Um, AFC123 says, I don't think we need Saeed. Um, Kenji Man says, nope, don't want him. We need midfielders. Carl Alexander says, don't need him. Um, GK says, do we want the best players or just names that seem good in the market? Most of these players... The elite aren't even looking to sign um, the Bayerns, the Madrids, the Barca's. Yeah, I agree, Ben. Ra and I've said it. Ben Rama is not Arsenal quality yet. I'm not saying he will never be there. But based on what I saw of him last season, and I did cover a fair amount of championship stuff for work. And I did some commentaries on, on some games involving inside Ben Rama. I thought he was a decent player for that level, but nothing more. 
And Austin agrees. He says Ben Rama is not Arsenal stuff yet. Um, what else have we got here? Let's uh, keep going through your comments. Big shout out to Chris Davison. Um, give Chris a follow on Twitter if you don't already. Chris has been a regular contributor on this channel in the past and I will be getting you back on as soon as possible. Chris has just been all up in the air. I've been doing one-man band shows for a little while just because trying to fit them into the schedule. Um, but Chris is a, a really, really uh, great guy and he brings you up to date on all the latest Arsenal news. So give him a follow on Twitter. Um, I'll just check what his Twitter handle is so that I can inform you of that um, before I read out his comment. Uh, here we go. C Davison underscore AFC. There you go. Give him a follow. Uh, he says, hi, mate. Ben Rama is talented, but where would he fit in with Pepe, William, Saka, Nelson and Martinelli all here? A move for him would only make sense if we lose one of them. Can't see it happening. Pretty much uh, spot on there, I would say, Chris, uh, with your assessment of that situation. Um, let's see. Uh, Matt Gray. Says, uh, honestly, I switch off when I hear us linked with wingers. We need to sort out our midfield. Completely agree. Uh, <laughs> love this screen name. Dr. Ross Geller. I was actually watching Friends a little bit earlier on. He says, do you think realistically we can get Awa and Partey in this window, even if we sell? I'm going to come back to that, my friend. Um, put that back in the comments in a few minutes time, because we're just going to round up on, on side Ben Rama. And then we are going to... Um, then we are going to get your questions in. Um, so let's ask you guys now. Chuck the questions into the chat. I'll come to those uh, for the last sort of 10 minutes or so. Um, old School Guna says, Ben Rama is 25. Is he going to get much better under Arteta? Possibly, but for £25 million. Not worth the risk at all when we have Nelson, Saka, Pepe, Maitland-Niles. He ain't good enough for me. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people... Um, I, I agree with that. Book Sahar says Arteta will want a lot of wingers, so he needs a few just like City, Pep style. Um, this is the thing. I don't think Mikel Arteta is as similar to to Pep Guardiola as many people thought he would be or expect him to be. I'm not saying that the football we are playing now is necessarily the football that Mikel Arteta wants us to play in the long term. I've always said that that. I think he's he's being a little bit more pragmatic and, and stuff than he probably would like to be because he's trying desperately to level the playing field and, and patch up the holes and make up for the shortcomings in this side. But I'm still not totally convinced that he's completely stylistically the same as, as Pep Guardiola, if that even makes sense. You, you know what I mean? Um, right. It's going to go over to your questions now, but I'm going to ask you guys one more time to smash that like button because there are now over 450 of you watching us across the multiple platforms 121 likes come on guys let's get at least half let's get up to 200 likes uh, whilst we take your questions right um let's see what we've got here uh just gonna pick them at random so i do apologize if i miss some if you want to um drop me a super chat you can and i definitely won't miss those because they come popping up on the screen um Let's see. Uh, Carl Alexander, he asks, what do you think about us making the top four? Look, I think we've got a chance. Um, I think we've got a real chance of making the top four. I'm not going to say categorically that we are going to make the top four because, you know, you look at Liverpool, Manchester City, I, I still think that we'd be 
a fair way behind those two. Chelsea have strengthened dramatically. Uh, Manchester United look as though Donny van der Beek's coming in and they're probably going to strengthen further. You know, Tottenham are, are going to be better than they were last season. I have no doubts about that, or at least more um, effective. So it's going to be a tall order. Um, you know, there's a lot of clubs that we have to be better than over the course of the season as the competition has intensified. You're also talking about the likes of Wolves and Sheffield United who, you know, had great seasons last season as well. Are they going to push on? You know, Everton are looking to do some big business. I'm not saying Everton are going to be top four contenders. I'm not saying that for a second. But what I am saying is that the stronger the league becomes, the more teams add, the more teams improve, the, the more difficult the league becomes as a whole. And then it becomes very tough to, to to hit the levels of consistency that would be required to, to secure a top four finish. So I think it's going to be hard. Um, but I do think we have a chance. And um, fingers crossed we can achieve it. Uh, Mezurashi says, yo, did you know Martinez is younger than Leno? I thought Leno was 25. But if they're the same age, then it's a no-brainer. Keep Martinez. His passion, confidence is infectious. Leno is too quiet. Look, this is a we keep talking about the Leno Martinez situation and why it's such a difficult one is for me anyway, is because as good as Martinez has been, a the sample size has been very small, and b the reality is that Burn Leno had done nothing wrong for Martinez to come into the side. Martinez came into the side because Leno was injured. Other than that, there there was no way he was going to get in ahead of Bern Leno because Bern Leno was playing very, very well. And I think Martinez's performances at times have made a lot of us forget that. And that, that shouldn't be the case. Um, you know, I still think that in Arsenal's view, uh, Leno is probably still the club's number one. Um, I think in, in if you're doing it on form, you have to continue with Martinez for now. But I think in the longer term, Bern Leno is the one that Arsenal have invested a, a significant amount of money in. Burn Leno is the one that I believe uh, will be prioritised if it comes down to a sort of uh, a decision where you have to, to cut loose one of them. In terms of his passion, his confidence and all of that, I, I, I get where you're coming from. And I am a massive fan of Martinez's style as a goalkeeper. I always talk about this. I like goalkeepers who are commanding, goalkeepers who come out and and catch balls and, and take the pressure off of their defence. That is something that Emmy Martinez does a lot better than Bern Leno. But you will see Bern Leno pull off some wonderful saves that maybe Martinez won't pull off. So it's a bit of a way up, isn't it? You you have to you have to take so much into consideration when discussing these two and who should be the number one moving forward. It's not straightforward. It's a very tough decision. It's healthy competition to have within the squad. Um Personally, I'd like to keep hold of both if there's a way of Arsenal doing that. If there's a way of Arsenal persuading, in particular, Emmy Martinez, that he can still have uh, sufficient game time and still achieve his career goals, then I'd love to see them both stay. I really, really would. Um, what else have we got here? Let's uh, keep going through some of your comments. Uh, Big Gunner D says, Would you rather spend £25 million on Edouard or Ben Rama? This is a really, really tough question. And it's a great question. Otsune Edouard, of course, Celtic striker, bringing him in represents risks. 
Um, bringing someone in who's been a, a real hit in the Scottish Premiership doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be able to transfer that form into the Premier League where we know the competition is tougher. We know the standard of football is significantly higher. However, the same can be said of Said Ben Rama, who would be making the transition from the Championship. You know, it's these are two players that haven't proven themselves yet at the highest level. They've proven themselves at decent levels, but they still need to go a long way, in my opinion, before they can be classed as, you know, top class players and, and players that everybody should be looking to sign. They are worth a gamble. Um, you know, I, I do think that someone like Edward is worth a gamble because the ceiling um, is potentially extremely high. Same with side Ben Rama, I guess. Um, but I think it's a gamble you take if you can afford to take it. And Arsenal cannot afford to take a gamble, in my opinion, on either of those two players. I know I've gone around the houses, but given the fact that I don't think we, we're short on wingers and that I still worry Eddie Nketiah, as much as he may develop in the future, is still a little bit short of being the level of centre-forward we need, um, you know, to to share the position with Alex Lacazette. Probably just about go with Edouard uh, on that one. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Akshay asks, how big of a role do you think Emil Smith-Rowe will play this season? So difficult to say, isn't it? I mean, if you're asking me what I think Emil Smith-Rowe's best position would be, I would say it's probably a number 10 role. But we've seen at Arsenal that if we're going to continue playing with the current formation under the current system that Mikel Arteta appears to have put in place, appears to have put his trust and faith in, then there is no room for a number 10 in the team. And so you start to look at Emil Smith-Rowe as someone who might end up having to play from a flank, um, you know, in a midfield pivot of two with wing backs. You've only got two. You haven't got that third midfielder that will have that little bit more creative license. So I think the formation could hinder Emil Smith-Rowe, but I do think he's a very, very talented boy. He's one of the players that when I've sort of watched these youngsters coming through over the last few years or they've been given opportunities in sort of cup games and things like that, he's one of the ones I've been excited by um, more than most. But I still worry that it's, it's, it's going to be difficult for him to break into the side. And given what I've just said about his position I think that could be a problem as well. So we'll have to wait and see. Difficult to, to judge, but I think for now, he'll still be very much a um, Carabao Cup slash Europa League group stage kind of player. Um, what else have we got here? Um, just uh, going through some of your comments. Uh, Sidant says, hey, Harry, I'm a Leicester fan. Would you swap Tierney for Ndidi? No. <laughs> um, look, I really like Wilfred Ndidi. I think he's the profile of midfielder that Arsenal really, really need. But I also really like Kieran Tierney. Um, I'm really excited by what Kieran Tierney can become, can develop into. And based on that reason, I, I wouldn't swap Kieran Tierney for, for, many, for most players at the moment. I think he's fantastic. I'm really excited by uh, the, what he can potentially become. So, no, um, I wouldn't do that swap. But Didi, and Didi, sorry, is a player that I do admire. He's a player that I do highly rate and a player I would love to see at Arsenal. 
Um, AFC123 says, would you start with the back four next season or stay with the back three and then transition to a back four? I think for now, I'd stay with the three. Um, I'd caveat that with the fact that when we do play in certain games, I'd want to see it be interchangeable. I'd want to see us be able to morph into a system that allows uh, one of those defenders to step out either into the midfield and play or allows the fullback to get forward. I think we've seen that in recent times. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is often the one who, when playing left wing back, has been given that license to drive forward and then Tierney just shifts over into left back and it becomes a back four. So I've seen that be interchangeable in games and I think that is the way we're going to have to operate. But I do think the back three gives us that extra bit of stability. I do think David Lewis in the middle of a back three is a very effective player and I am relying on him to help bring um, the likes of Gabriel and William Saliba up to speed with the English game. Uh, in particular, Gabriel, who I think is probably a little bit further down the progression line than Saliba, just based on his experience, based on the game time he's had. Um, and the fact that he is Brazilian and, and, and could slot in alongside uh, David Luiz, I think is great. Um, you've also got Pablo Marie in the equation. I think Arsenal have got a lot of central defenders. Um, and I think that Mikel Arteta knew that he was going to stick with the back three for now anyway. And that's probably why he wanted to add more numbers uh, to that area even before potentially moving people out. Uh, Nicholas says, uh, would you sell Lacazette? Look, I've said it time and time again. It's It's got to be big money. I, I would consider selling most Arsenal players, bar maybe two or three. Um, you know, if the right offer was on the table. And so let's, um, you know, let's see if an offer was to come along and it was a substantial offer, then of course I would I would consider it. Uh, but it's so difficult to say whether or not you'd sell Lacazette. You know, if you sell Lacazette, you need another top striker. I, I genuinely believe that because Aubameyang is, has been very effective from this new position of his on the left. Um, where he's allowed to drive in, where he's got that license, that freedom. And I, as I've said already earlier on in today's stream, I'm still not convinced of Eddie Nketiah's ability to lead the Arsenal line on a regular basis. I think it would be asking too much of the youngster uh, right now. Um, what else have we got, got here? Um, let's see. Uh Big hello to Chris TV. He says, can you please make me a moderator? I love your channel. Thank you very much, mate. I will look at doing that because um, we do occasionally get the odd uh, shitty comment coming through from someone trying to have a laugh. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to have a moderator who can uh, deal with that sort of thing, kick those people out and, and make sure that we're having good um, informative discussion in the chat. I'll have a look into that. I'm not sure even how I do that, but I will have a look into it uh, potentially for the future. Um, but thank you for your interest. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, going to go to one more question, I think. Um, here we go. John Yardley says, what position is Willett going to play next season? Arteta seems to bring him on up front uh, and to press. Yeah, he's very much sort of at the moment being used as a substitute when perhaps legs are tiring, when perhaps Arsenal haven't got the energy anymore to push teams high up the field in certain areas he's been very effective in doing that and I think he's gonna have um I think he's gonna end up um sort of playing that kind of role this season that kind of role that sees him 
sort of come in and out of the side. He's probably one of those substitutes that you probably see him introduced in most games. Is that enough for Willock? I think at this stage he should be satisfied with that. But I think obviously he'll have aspirations of becoming a, a more regular fixture in the side. Um, so thank you for your question, John. Um, Olga Chukwu, he says, uh, Hi, Harry, love your work. Please, what's the updates on Partey and Awar? Heard we are not going for Partey anymore because of Danny. When would we announce Oba and Danny? So lots and lots of, lots of questions there. Um, first of all, on Thomas Partey and, and Hussein Awar, the update has not changed. It's the same as I said to you yesterday. It's with regards to Thomas Partey, Arsenal um, can't do anything pretty much until they agree to pay his minimum fee release clause, which we believe is 50 million euros, around about 46, 47 million pounds. Um, as I've said time and time again, at the moment, there's been no movement on that. A couple of journalists, including Charles Watts, Arsenal correspondent for goal, has reported that sources close to Thomas Partey um, have suggested that he is keen on a move to London, which would be great and bodes well for us. But the deal still has to be done with Atletico. And at the moment, they are being stubborn. They only want the release clause, nothing less um, for Thomas Partey. So perhaps some of these sales, potential sales that we've been discussing throughout this program, as I've said, will give us that extra little bit of muscle in, in terms of our finances so that we can go and uh, and sort of arm wrestle Atletico into selling um you know, Thomas Partey. But at this moment in time, the player might be interested, but there is still no deal in place between the two clubs that will see Thomas Partey come to the Emirates Stadium. In regards to Hussein Mawar, well, we heard uh, last week that Arsenal had made an informal approach for the Lyon man, uh, but we've heard nothing further since. Nothing concrete anyway. There are a lot of reports during the rounds, but in terms of the people I sort of trust and I listen to um, on a regular basis, none of them appear to have a concrete update on Hussein Awar so it doesn't look like there's been any movement on that either for the time being Danny Ceballos who you also mentioned where well, that looks as though it's going to happen it looks as though the Spaniard will return to the Emirates Stadium talks are progressing really really well um, with him and uh, with Real Madrid sorry and Arsenal we, we discussed that yesterday um, but yeah um, and then finally you ask about the Aubameyang announcement and Again, I can't give you a, I can't give you a, a direct sort of answer to that in terms of a, a specific date as to when that announcement will be made. However, I do believe it is imminent. I do believe we're going to get it in the next week or so. Um, I know I've been saying that for a few days now, but I do think that we, it's just a case of crossing the the T's and dotting the I's or whatever that saying is um, before uh, we hear. Uh, that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has committed his future to Arsenal. I do think it's done, so I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. Um, just waiting uh, for uh, the official confirmation on that. Just going to pick up one final question from Bob Eagle. He says, hi, Harry. Nice work, mate. Did we pay too much for Pepe? Oh, time will tell, won't it, my friend? Time will tell um, on that one. I think that, that he received quite a bit of criticism from some people, probably rightly so at times last season because he didn't always have the impact that we would have hoped but um it is still very much early days in in Nicolas Pepe's Arsenal career and I expect him to be a lot better next season so um let's see uh right just a few quick reminders before we sign off for today's transfer update show there are over 500 of you 
currently tuned in via the various platforms. Wow. Um, thank you for your amazing support. If you're new, hit the subscribe button. Um, hit the like button on the video if you haven't already. Just 172 likes on YouTube at the moment. Let's try and get it up to 200. We need about 28 more uh, in the next few minutes. So of the 450 of you watching on YouTube, come on, guys. It only takes half of you to smash that like button. Please uh, do so uh, and help us get over our uh, target of 200 likes. Um, just a quick reminder that I'll be back later on. Uh, with another live stream at 8.30 p.m. UK time, where I'll be joined by former Arsenal player and one of the most well-respected pundits in the game. He does Arsenal.com's official breakdown show where he reviews Arsenal's performances tactically. Um, he, you can hear him on BT Sport, on TalkSport, um, on a number of different places. He, he really is the bee's knees. It is Adrian Clark. He's going to be joining me again um, at 8.30 p.m. UK time this evening. As I said, if you're listening back to this on the audio, um, you'll be listening back the next morning. So uh, in which case you can find the Adrian Clark interview uh, on our next podcast on your feed. So please do check that out. Leave us a review as well if you're using Apple Podcasts or any other uh, podcast uh, outlet. And a quick reminder that you can become a patron by heading over to patreon.com forward slash the Chronicles of Aguna. If you wish to do so uh, and you sign up in time, you can get your questions uh, put to Adrian Clark uh, on tonight's show. So uh, do check that out. Right. Brings me to the end of today's transfer update stream. A massive thank you to every single one of you for your continued support, for tuning in. We're going to be back later on. Until then, take care and uh, stay safe. All the best.